Hey, thanks for joining us here on the House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about the house, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download the house app. Awesome. We are glad that you are here. Spring break. Listen, they, they, hey, listen, thank you for, um, th- what, listen, I don't know what to tell you. It's like, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, um, we did have a great time with the Be The One Conference. It was awesome. We were able to uh, impart some things. And, and I just want to add a little bit of clarity uh, to even what Devin and Alexis were talking about. Just so that you know, um, when Katie and I, we, we were at one church for 20 years, um, and we we served there. I mean, we we, we went through the, the all of it. I started as the janitor. So... Um, we were there 20 years, had all of our kids, and then we felt like God was stirring us, and so we started doing some uh, missions. We started doing some stuff in Honduras. We started doing some stuff in Belize. We started traveling. I mean, this was just what God had for us, and so we started this nonprofit called Be The One Ministries. So the church and, and, and Be The One are separate. Um, it's a separate nonprofit, and so for the house, we actually our official name of the house is be the house and so the idea was and we call it the house but the idea was that what we were seeing on the mission field and what we were seeing with young people is here here was this idea um that i would begin to talk to people and it was amazing i would meet ninth and tenth graders that still struggled in their prayer life i met juniors and seniors that have never told their testimony, but they grew up in church. I, I began to meet college students that were so worried about repenting of their sin that they weren't growing and, and, and utilizing the gifts of God in them. And so every time they came to church, it was groveling and repenting and starting over. And it was like I was not really seeing a lot of momentum spiritually in people's lives because every Sunday they were starting over. Not that we don't need to repent. We absolutely do. But like God has got so many good things for you and he uses us even with our limp. He develops us. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't say come to me when you're fixed. He says come to me and I'll fix you. Does that make sense? And so... This concept of be the one, when I began to search scriptures, I would see normal people that had hang-ups and hurdles and issues, but yet they overcame enough to be obedient to God. And so we wanted to start a church that would do that. That's why we want you to serve. That's why we want you to step into life groups. That's why we, we, our structure in life groups is helper, co-leader, leader. We're always looking for another opportunity for you take, to take a step toward doing what God's called you and purposed you to do because we believe that there are gifts in you. That before the foundations of the earth, come on, when that DNA code began to come alive, there were spiritual gifts that God preordained and put in you. And I just didn't want to create a community that at 65 and 70, people had all these ideas and dreams and visions but didn't know how to do them. And so they began to exit this life with woulda, coulda, shoulda. Instead of, let's go ahead and fail, let me mess up, let me learn to lead, let me learn to talk, let me learn to do. And actually, there's a story where Moses and his father-in-law begin to architect for us that there are some people who can lead 10 and, and 20 and 50 and 100 and 1,000. And the truth is, your place in this church may be for you to just lead a small group of five or six ladies or three or four couples or, 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 or whatever. And that's super beneficial. But we wanted a church that, you know what? We are going to ask you. We are going to push. We are going to say we believe there's something inside of you. And we know that there are seasons where you have to come in and heal and allow God to reveal and do some things, and we're okay with that. But in our church, there are no, there are no continual red lights. We pause and we move. We pause 
and we move. And we occasionally make stops for refreshment, but not for comfort. Come on, does that make sense? And so the, the idea was, so, so, so when, even how we run our church is we, have, we run our church on a budget. 35% goes to the building and maintenance and trash and all the things that are the building. 35% goes to salaries. 20% goes to operation. 10% goes to giving. And so we give. And so part of the giving of the house goes into Be The One Ministries because we just, we, last year, a um, little over a year ago, we sent a missionary to Belize um, here. Uh, in July, we're going to send missionaries to uh, uh, Rwanda, Africa. We believe that God has called this body to be an incubator of missions, of uh, people who want to be in the ministry. And then what you're going to see here in this, uh, probably this next year, maybe after the summer, is I really have it on my heart to do a lot of leadership. I've been doing leadership for a long time, and I really think that there is a place for marketplace ministry. And so I want to help leaders who have businesses, who, who, who maybe run divisions and areas, and begin to bring biblical concepts that will help you function even as a very healthy leader. So you're going to see some of that even play out in the next year. And so this idea of be the one, we actually didn't want a church where Sunday was your best day. We feel like that we're coaching people. And, and you may like that about me, but what kind of pastor are you? I'm a coach. That's what I am. You know, uh, I'm, a co- I'm, I'm a coach, and there are different gift sets, and you can read that in in First Corinthians, the gift sets. And so I'm a coach. I want to on Sunday we're going to whiteboard this thing out. We're going to get our plays. We're going to run. We're going to do, and then we're going to go try to execute that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I want to give you something that you can use. Come on during the week, and so that's why we always say, don't give us a service. Give us a year. I had uh, one of our ladies who um, moved from Colorado, and uh, she's in her retirement phase. And, and she came up to me today, gave me a big hug, and said, you know what, Pastor? You know what today is? And I said, what? And she said, today is the day I've been here one year. And she said, my whole life has changed. God's been doing some incredible things, and I love being here. Come on, y'all give the Lord a big hand. And so anyway, Be The One Ministries is its own nonprofit. So if you are like, hey, you know what? I I do, I I give to ministries, I give to other things. Obviously, the time is here because here's where you're being fed and sown and whatever. But if you ever want to be a part of that or want some more information on that, there's a card in front of you or you can go to the Connect Room and get some uh, more information on that. I got two announcements because we didn't do announcements today. Uh, We really wanted to have some prayer and focus on what happened this weekend. Uh, First is our Easter community event on April the 8th. Now I know, listen, if you came from a very quiet church, I'm sorry, I don't know what to say. We are not that. We're going to hoop and holler. And I know that some of you may be like, uh, and we're gonna, but, but it's going to be paced. Uh, but, 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 but here's the deal. Is, is we're actually going to, listen to this, we're actually going to um, always be excited about culture. And here is why. We are not a cheerleading service, but we are excited when people make spiritual steps. And so when we talk about framework, you're always going to hear four or five people, woo, yeah, excited, whatever. We're not trying to like be a cheerleading church. We're actually super excited that someone has been here long enough that they say, I want to take a step. I want to move toward the things of God. And most of us are cheering because we want you on our team. Come on, somebody. Yeah, hey, come on, baby. Uh, But with the uh, uh, community event, we, we actually... Love doing outreach, started doing outreach. And so we don't believe that this is just our Christian responsibility. We, we, we would do this whole thing for one or two families. And every time we do an outreach, there's one or two families that come and get plugged in. And I know, I get it. People are like, well, I just, I just not, why would you cook a thousand hot dogs for one family? I don't know what to tell you. You haven't read your Bible. Jesus was a fisherman. I'm going fishing. You know, I'm, I'm, come on, I believe that God wants to do something, pull some, some people out of culture. And you know what? If a hot dog gets them, let's get some hot dogs up in this mug. Yeah, that's the real, some games, some fun. And so we need you 
to help. Okay, and I know that everybody's a negative first responders, just process. But we do, we, we, we want you to help. And I realize there are different seasons, so here are your answers. Yes, no, I, I don't, I'm not in that season. And we're okay with that. But we are going to ask you all the time. And don't get frustrated that we ask you because we know seasons change. We know there are opportunities and longings in your heart. And so we're not going to be rejected if you say no, if you're not rejected that we keep asking you. Come on, you feel what I'm saying? And so we are a mission-oriented church. So if you want, uh, get that QR code, sign up. Uh, there's places where you can do some donations. There's some places that you can sign up and, and serve with your family. Um, also, uh, so the ninth is Easter. Uh, be here for Easter. It's going to be awesome. And then, you know, even invite. And that's the whole idea of this uh, sermon series, which we're going to get into this in just a second. But the following Sunday, we're going to do baptism. And so, listen, we've had some people, absolutely, come on, don't get tired of clapping, you know, some of y'all like, I know y'all went crazy when the hogs won. Don't even play. You know what I'm saying? The whole time. I went to a hogs game about four weeks ago and people couldn't stop clapping. And it's like in church, it's like, I'm tired. This is like a very physically exhausting church. Okay. So if you've been saved over the last two or three months, we actually want you to take another step. So that salvation moment is the spirit of God moving on you saying there needs to be a change. But the baptism is a public moment that you are now saying to everybody else, listen, I'm, I'm not gonna live secretly. I'm gonna, put, I'm gonna put to death the old man and I'm gonna raise again in newness of life. And if you've never done that, then we want you to take that step because it's significant. Going public is significant. Okay, we good? See, this is why they don't let me make announcements. If you've ever wondered why pastor never makes announcements, it's because I preach them. So let's pray. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we love you. And God, we thank you. God, we don't want another word. We don't want to just be entertained. God, we know that there are people here who are struggling, who are searching, who are asking real questions. And God, we ask that your Holy Spirit be here. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Matthew chapter 5, verse 14 and uh, through 16 says, you are the light of the world. You. Come on, everybody say you. You are the light of the world. Not you as in me. You, you as in us. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket. Come on. I don't know if you've ever been shopping with someone who likes to shop. But it was when we, a couple years ago we moved into a new home and my wife was like, oh, we're going to need some stuff. And I'm like, what's wrong with our old stuff? She says, it doesn't work in here. What do you mean it doesn't work in here? It still works. Lights work. I can still sit on the couch. She's like, oh, no. We have a new place. We need some new things. And I was like, oh. So we went to every store to find a lamp that would fit in a corner. What do you think? Silver, bronze, wood. Think about all of the effort that it takes to get it just right. Just like, okay, is that too much light? Okay, no, no we don't need no, uh, 100 watt. We need like 40. Uh, I'm a 60, uh, LED, uh, soft light. Oh, uh, uh, we finally get it right. Okay, and, and family, do y'all, everybody like that there? Yes. Okay, great. Get the basket, put it over it. That's what the verse is saying. It's like, you are a light. What would make you cover it? You are a light. What would, is the fear of man make you cover it? Does your schedule, schedule make you cover it? Does your, your, your demand of, what makes you cover a light that would change the world? But put it on a stand and let it give light to all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, before others, before others. 
In other words, they should see it. And they should see, look at the good works and give glory to your Father. Not give glory to you. You're such a good Christian. I've met so many Christians, but you're the best. I, I just, come on. Uh, we do a lot of things for a lot of reasons, but really, internally, sometimes we have to check our motives and wonder, are we doing it so that people love God more? Or are they doing it because they love us more? Come on. The church in every dispensation is called to be effective. Effective. The way the church stays effective is it is missional more than it is me-centered. The me-centered lifestyle will always lead to destruction. A selfish encounter, a moment of the flesh where there is a conflict and a fight because I want my way and you want your way, so now we're going to collide. We can see the collapse of the fiber of morality in our society where care has been overrun by callous and critical hearts. Over the years, our society has grown to hate every structure of authority and fight anyone or anything that deems controlling. But here's what I want you... We as believers cannot think that way. We are the bride of Christ. We are second. He is first. He is Lord and King, and we are not that. And so you can actually be in culture and think contrary to the kingdom. We have a different outlook. Absolutely, we see evil and filth in our country around the world. But Jesus told us that we were the ones to make the difference. Kind of need to tell you, you can't vote in morality. You can't legislate morality. Morality only happens in, through discipleship where hearts are changed and people have a revelation of God. And that's one of the issues of our country. We are post-Christian. Why? Because we got too far away from the revelation and now we only have the rules. This is why we need revival. Why do we treat each other a certain way? Why do I care about my brother? Why do I care about, and it doesn't matter what context, what place they live, what color they are, what, why do I act that way? Oh, because of, not because I'm a good person, but because of this. Jesus tells us, don't hide. Don't hide. We respond with love and confidence because we know why we're here. Like, you need to know why you're here. You are the light of the world. I'm just like, Pastor, I don't feel like a light. I don't feel like salt. If you knew what I did last night, if you knew what I did two weeks ago, if you knew what I, if you knew how I acted, I, I cussed the dog, Pastor. I did. I cussed the dog. And dog didn't even deserve that. But I cussed him. And I'm not, a, I'm not salt. I don't know what I am. I'm pepper. <laughs> We're going to talk about it today because I think the church needs to be reminded when we talk about this invite series that we are the ones that, listen, we don't want to miss opportunities and there are opportunities every single day. My assignment today is missed opportunities. Uh, before we moved up here to Rogers, we were in Hot Springs. I told you that earlier. But uh, I, so I was doing some traveling, and I had this two-week stretch where I was like speaking at different places, doing on-sites for churches. I was in Louisiana for a week. I left there. I went to Houston. I spoke Sunday, Sunday night, did leadership on Monday. I was flying out Tuesday to go to Belize. I mean, it was a crazy two-week schedule. And so uh, Sunday night... Before the evening service, I'm kind of packing. I'm doing some laundry. I'm getting myself ready. And I can't find my passport. I'm like, we moved from DEFCON 5 to 4 real quick. And I'm like, where is my passport? What did I leave? So I spent the next hour, come on, you know, like, <laughs> trying to find my passport. In that season of our life, you know, we had four kids under five. So when I would call my wife, she would call me like an hour later. 
And I'm like, why don't you love me? And she's like, I do love you. I'm taking care of your children. That's why I can't call you. And so uh, an hour later, she calls me, and I'm like, babe, where you been? Taking care of these kids? Where you been? I was like, do I, is my passport there? She's like, oh, let me check. Kids are talking to her. It's like 15 minutes. I'm like, just go check. Just go, just go straight, straight line, straight line. It's spaghetti. It's a straight line. I'm like on the phone. No kids talk to mom right now. This is important. She gets over there finally. Yeah, it's right here. It's right where you left it. I'm like, oh. I'm like, this is terrible. I've been planning this mission trip for like six months. All of these men, everybody's going. There's 16 men going. We're doing some things. It's going to be awesome. I can't get there. And so I'm like calling, emailing. I'm trying to figure out. I'm talking to TSA people. If you're a TSA person, I love you. But some of you are very intimidating. Like you, you tell people to take off their belt in a very stern way. I feel like it's just a belt, but for you, it's a belt. Um, and so I'm talking to the TSA, and they're like, sir, we, there's no copies. You have to have a physical. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Can I, can I send you a picture? No. Apple has Apple Pay. <laughs> I'm just, and so um, I'm like, what am I going to do? So I start praying. I'm, I'm, I'm like, I'm not going to miss this. And uh, so I look, and it's like, the next flight is like three days later, and I'm like, ah. Oh. And so I start looking through my phone, and I'm just praying. I'm like, God, what do you want me to do? And this, this young man who was in college, I call him. He's like, hey, man, what are you doing? He's like, oh, nothing. I just, uh, uh, I was, you want to you make some money? He was like, Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, hey, go to my house. He's like, yeah. I was like, talk to my wife. He's like, yeah. I was like, get a passport. He's like, huh? <laughs> I was like, drive all night. I will pay you. I will put you in a hotel room. But I need you to be here by 530 because at 630, I'm going to the Houston airport. He's like, Really? And I was like, it's the easiest money you're going to make. Just drive. He's like, okay. 5.45, my passport. I'm like, oh, come on. Thank you. Come on. Come on. I just had a moment. Come on. I was not going to miss this opportunity. I was not. I don't care what had to happen, but I, there were some real limitations. I don't know if you've ever been there where you're like, I am not going to miss this. I'm not going to miss this like your, your child's birth. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, I'm not going to miss this. And I think that the church, um, we're praying about revival and we want to see God move, but what are we missing? See, I, I, I want to challenge us today, and I want to read a, a, a scripture, a passage of scripture that I feel like is very challenging. There are some scripture verses that are very exciting, and there are some scripture verses that are very challenging. We're going to go to a challenge one. So if you don't like it, come back next week, okay? It's going to be a little softer. All right, Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 and 44. Look at this. You, this is Jesus saying all this. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. Isn't that what the church does? Like, don't we just resist? Come on. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other. I had such a problem with this when I was young. I was like, you know, I only have four cheeks. On that fifth one, I'm coming for you. you know what I'm saying, like, I ain't no punk up in here. You know I'm saying, I don't have to throw the first first fist, but you know what I'm saying, wow, wow, boom, boom, <laughs> I'm coming. <laughs> if anyone sues you, sues you, we are not friends if you sue me. 
I'm just going to say that. I'm going to say it. They sue you and take your tunic. Let them have your cloak as well. Oh, you, oh man, listen. Hey, judge, sorry, uh, he forgot something. I know that I'm supposed to give him my... I'm going to go ahead and give him this cloak. Is that, is that okay? Is there, are you cool with that? Look at this. If anyone forces you to go a mile, go too. Give to the one who begs from you. And do not refuse the one who borrow who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it is said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. This is uncomfortable. I, does anybody else feel weird? Come on now. I, like this is one of those verses. That, whoa, I can't really wiggle through this. And, and I just want to talk about as we begin to move into a season where everybody wants revival and want to see revival, but I think that God is going to do it through his people. This is how we view other people. Following Christ is not about independence. It's about dependence. It's about making the choice to surrender to him as your Lord and your King. It's believing that his way of responding to life will yield better results than responding selfishly or fleshly. And so we're going to talk. Let's just let's kind of roll up our sleeve and let's get in this. I want to talk about four ways that the church can avoid missed opportunities. Missed opportunities. Here's the first one. Don't allow what is petty to overcome our purpose. Jesus is teaching and just like you, I am going to try to construct a conversation that produces an emotion in you because that's what Jesus did to the people that were talking. He challenged their thinking. Everybody there didn't go, this is good. Everybody went, say what? You want me to The goal of the Christian isn't to slap back. Jesus didn't start a petty church. He wanted a powerful church. Jesus isn't advocating bullying or abuse. He is saying there will be times that you will be attacked and that will be an opportunity. Come on. This isn't, this context of scripture is more about maturity than it is being passive. Jesus isn't saying don't fight for your family, your career, your home, your peace. He is saying how you respond indicates how you love. There will be times that you will need to turn the other cheek because it will be better for you and better for them. God calls us to trust him. Not to respond for every tit for tat, every moment, every hit. Come on. They hit me. They said that. And we see it. Pettiness in the church. Pettiness at work. Oh, my God. Did you see the way she looked at you? you what? Like, in our own family, we had to institute levels. We, we have a level system at our house, and it's zero to five. And you are not allowed to have a level four or five emotion on a level one problem. See, there are things that we're missing in Scripture where Jesus said, I have come, listen, you would have power, love, and what's the third one? Self-control. It's like we want to go to power churches. Oh, I want to feel the anointing of God. I want to see God move. Oh, power, 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 power. Or we go to love churches. Oh, I want to just lie. It's just nice. Come on, blanket. Just lie. But it's like power, love, Pay your bills. Pick up your clothes. You don't get to say everything that you feel. You don't self-control, self-regulation, beginning to regulate myself, not on what culture thinks or what I think or what someone else thinks, but begin to self-regulate myself based on the fruits of the Holy Spirit and what God says in his word. And I cannot self-regulate if I don't read the Bible. 
can't do what God says if I don't know what God. Then what happens is it becomes subjective. It doesn't matter what you do, what you do, and I do what I do, and that's the culture that we have, and that's why we have a confused culture. I'm not being ugly. I'm just saying that's why a boy doesn't know if they're a boy and a girl doesn't know if they're a girl because we're deciding what is right. Come on, hear me. I want to encourage you not to make everything big. In your home, what is your level? Come on, at work. You walking down another aisle because you don't want to talk to that person? You're supposed to be grown. Come on, you've been in church for 15 years. Let's act like it. Well, I'm just going to take my ball and go home and I'm never going to play with you again and you're not invited to my birthday party. <laughs> like we teach our kids, hey, that's not how to respond. Stop talking to your brother like that. Stop talking to your sister like that. Hey, don't act that way. Oh, that you're having so much emotion. I know that you are hurt and rejected and you feel misunderstood and all of your emotions are real. They just can't drive to this level of emotion. You, this is a level two, baby. She put trash on your side of the room. It's not cancer. Come on, hear what I'm saying. And some of us adults need to be reminded. Well, hmm. pettiness is a behavior that has become more acceptable in our culture. To bystanders, it's funny to watch people overreact. We see overreaction all the time on movies and TVs. We enjoy it as long as it's not directed to us. It feels good to give. I'm going to come to Jesus, boy, I'm going to tell you. I mean, I'm, I'm glad we're having this talk because I got a lot of things I need to say. <laughs> we just vomit on people. Here's what I want to say. Pettiness is not a fruit of the spirit. It's a work of the flesh. Come on, come on. Pettiness in the workplace, in the family, in churches. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. This is going to set someone free. A soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Well, I'm just going to tell it like it is. I understand that. But I need to help us because a right concept in the wrong tone is a wrong conversation. Some of us are so right. You are right. You, that was the way to do it. That was how to do it. You are right. We cannot argue the fact that you're not right. You're just a jerk about it, super prideful, angry all the time. And so we don't want to listen to you. And that's why we don't talk, you back, talk to you. And that's why we don't text you back. because we, we feel like we're always in a fight when you talk. So if you want to stop that, Come on, don't be mad. I love you. I'm trying to help you. Do not nudge anybody that you're sitting with. Do not do that. Do not do that. Look forward. Look forward. Come on. Soft answers. Where are the soft answers? I know we get stressed. I know we get frustrated. I know we're under deadlines. I know at the workplace it's very easy to just blah, ah, ah. But listen, if you don't want people to block everything that you say, stop acting like a word ninja. People can do this even at church. Well, Stephen Hill, I will be on the worship team. These are the three songs that I'm going to sing. And if you give me my three songs, I will be present. But if you do not, I will take me and my family and my tithe somewhere else. Go. <laughs> Petty. Well, I wasn't noticed like the other person. Well, my life group leader didn't. Well, my, come on, petty, petty, petty. The church has got to mature and we have selective outrage. We only are out, outraged on the things that personally affect us. And I'm telling you that we're going to miss opportunities if we're petty. Here's the second one. Are we good? Here's the second one. Go to God every time you're confronted with a personal bias. 
a personal bias will cause you to miss opportunities. James chapter two, verse one, look at this. My brothers, show no partiality, no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. In other words, I don't deem Devin or Jesse or Carl or I, I don't, I don't case, I don't go, okay, you're a 10. You're a three. You're a one. You're an 11. And we're going to be friends because I love 11s. That's not what the, the Bible doesn't say that. Obviously, bruh, obviously if you want to hang out every night at the bar and be the last one there, I ain't running with you. I'm not judging you. I just got, I, I got, I got, I got things to do. Does that make sense? So we're not talking about schedules. We're not talking about, I have a plan for my life. We're talking about believing that one person is more valuable than the other person. Come on, look at this. Why did Jesus say that? Because when he said, when someone makes you walk a mile. Now, I don't know about you. Come on, we're Americans. Ain't nobody making me walk. No. Go on and try. You may be tougher than me, but you're dragging me. I'm still not going to walk. Jews were despised. Jews despised the Romans. He, he, they hated them because of their unfair taxes and unfair treatment. Jesus was alluding to one of the laws when he said, if anyone forces you, forces you to walk a mile, by Roman law, a soldier could make anyone over 12 years old carry their gear for one mile. They despise them. Hey, it didn't matter. Hey, I'm, my wife's pregnant. Hey, I've got to go get this job. Hey, my kid's got this. Hey, my, I, I don't know if they had basketball back then, so my, my kid's got donkey lessons. I don't know. Like, like, I'm, I'm sure they had something. And it didn't matter what you did. By law, if a Roman soldier said, I want you to carry this, you would had to do it by law for one mile. Don't, don't talk to me, I hate you. Isn't it amazing? I walk. My, my wife's a faster walker. But I walk. And when I walk with my wife, we can probably do a mile. 12, 13 minutes. Isn't it amazing that we lose our stuff over 12 minutes? Twelve or thirteen minutes. Die, 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 die. It's your family to die. I want your everybody, your existence to be wiped out. Come on. Jesus was challenging their outrage and their obstinance. He wasn't dismissing their struggle. He was showing that the Jew. He was showing and teaching the Jews that there was an opportunity to show love even in the midst of things that are unfair. Come on. We are all a work in progress. We all have filters over our eyes and our heart that need to be removed. That's why we come in to the throne of grace boldly and say, God, I got a lot of junk. I got a lot of stuff. There's some biases that I have in my life and I need you to remove those from me. Come on. In Instagram, you can put take a picture and just lay a filter over them. And God is like, I want to take your filters out because your filter comes from your context. And so all of us have experiences, geography, the year we were born, social economic class, conditions of culture, how you were raised, the tone of your home. Someone can text you and say, call me. And some of you are like, party, okay, so fun. And some of you are like, what do I do? Dang it, I know I messed up. I know it, I know it. This is, ah. Where did that come from? Filter. Happens all the time. 
We have to have moments with the Holy Spirit that begin to change our filter. And everyone in this room has to realize that you have preferences and you have dislikes. And what we have to do, listen, is we have to have the Father begin to wash our mind, the Bible says, and renew it. I have two men that I love on staff, and and Stephen, and we have had a lot of hard conversations. We've had to wrestle with the beauty and ugly of American history. From racism to abortion to prison reform, fatherless homes, victimhood, financial stewardship, excuses, while at the same time loving and honoring where we live. And they haven't been comfortable. Come on. Will you put that picture up there? Do you mind? Which one of these people do you not want in your church? Because our personal bias will cause you to withhold love. And it's not black, white, brown, it's not, if you've never made over $45,000, you know, you know, well, you know those people who must be nice. Bias. People who make, don't, they haven't had the opportunity to make what other people make. Oh. Doesn't matter. We have it. And God is saying that actually the biases are the things holding back the church. So we've got to be a church that we're going to have to figure out this, and it's complicated. It's a whole lot easier to have a liberal church or a woke church or a MAGA church or a, or a financial rich church or a poor church or a homeless church. It's a whole lot easier to pick one and say, if you don't like who we are, see ya. That's easy. But it's hard to be tense and go, how do we walk in truth and not cave into a liberal society, but yet understand that people have been affected by it, have a different culture, construct, and background. How do we minister to that? And it's harder to do that than it is to just pick one. But that's what we're going to do. Every year that you're here, we're going to do something for 4th of July, and we're going to train up a generation of people that love our country and not hate it. You don't want to stay? I get it. But on the same token, we're not going to be so blinded by our own biases that we cannot have a real conversation and go, you know what? I didn't even know that was your context. Come on, you hear what I'm saying? Is this too real? Come on. Listen, this is important for us because are we going to allow? Come on, someone struggling with homosexuality to come and learn and be discipled? The answer is yes. Are we going to allow someone who was out in the world and did the transgender lifestyle and now they're having to change and, 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 and figure this out and it's a slow process? Yes. You know why we're going to allow that to happen? We're not hiding truth. But I don't... We probably have 15 alcoholics in the room right now. We probably have about 40 people who've watched porn in the last seven days. We've probably had about 30 people mouth off and say something totally ungodly while they're wearing their what would Jesus do bracelet. And so all I'm asking you to do is to step back and I'm not saying Nothing matters. I'm saying it matters. We're going to walk in truth, walk in love, and have the anointing. We're going to walk in truth, walk in love, and have the anointing. Some people are not going to like that, but this is what we're going to do. And we're going to do it over and over and over and over again. Here's the third one. Don't view every interruption as a distraction. 
every interruption cannot be a distraction. Listen, if it's, it's my plan, my life, my schedule, and my space, that is a propensity for selfishness. There are times when God wants to interrupt you. And there are God interruptions that actually begin to pivot your life and give you purpose and, and change their life. Jesus is teaching us to listen. Don't miss the opportunities because you were attacked. Don't miss the opportunity because you were sued. Don't miss the opportunities because people are begging for you or, or borrow, wanting to borrow your stuff. Oh, get your own stuff. And here's the thing. Listen, listen, listen. It's very important. We are not talking about not working and providing for yourself. The Bible's very clear. You don't work, you don't eat. Get a job. Okay? It's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people who are annoyed when you are best friends and someone goes to the hospital and they say, could you pick up my kids? What? Yeah, I can do that. I'll make time. I'll figure it out because I want to. Come on. We have to respond differently, not responding in uh, irritation, not responding in retaliation is a sign of maturity. When we are too busy doing what has no eternal significance, that's a great time to be asking, who are we serving? Don't allow the responsibilities of life to communicate, listen, I'm preoccupied and I'm not interested. Ecclesiastes 9.5 says this, for the living know that they will die. In other words, if you're born again, you know you're going to die and you're not scared. I know, man, I'm fixing to be in heaven. I'm stripped to gold. I'm fixing to see Jesus. I'm going to bring it in. You know what I'm saying? What's up? I'm not going to have this body with my aches and pains and scrapes and boo-boos. But the dead know nothing and they have no more reward for their memory of them is forgotten. In other words, they're walking around and when it's over, it's over. Come on. Who are we living for? Who are we living for? Don't miss an opportunity. I got one more. Ben, y'all can come up. Thank you so much. Here's the fourth one. We've got to see relationships around you as your mission field. Your, your mission field. There are neighbors around you that are going to hurt you. If you try to create an environment where no one will hurt you, you've actually created an environment where you are not effective. Because everybody is broken. I'm not talking about abuse. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about dealing with real life and real people who have real struggles. Come on. This is our mission field. And, and I'm not telling you that you should be so evangelistic that you cram the Roman road down someone's... You know, if you don't know what the Roman road is, it's four verses in Romans that w walk through the clarity of salvation. If you want information on that, you can go to the connect room. All I'm saying is there are opportunities. Don't miss them. Going to Walmart's an opportunity. You know, hanging out at a coffee shop, being friendly to the co coffee person who made the, the barista, just, just being loving, being caring. And I'm not talking about good works. I'm just talking about the love of God that saved your soul, that, that doesn't shame you, begins to not shame other people. And you know what? There's probably something going on in your life. And I know all of you in this place, like you don't want to be the ugly you are. You want to be free. And so it's the idea that they don't want to be that either. Come on. Everyone here is a missionary. Everyone here has got something in them that they can give someone else. Let's be mature. Let's be mature. Come on, we got an election coming up and I want you to be involved in politics. I want you, listen, to vote. I want you to do, but I'm not looking for you to get mad and argue over every thought and concept. You're gonna have to be mature. Just because you are saved does not mean you are mature. And I need you to know, if you've been saved over the last three years or you went to church but you were never challenged by church, then I need you to begin to think there's a long way for you to go. 
What would you do, adults? What would you do if you sat down with a 13-year-old or an 11-year-old and they begin to tell you all the things that they couldn't do? Would you just like blow your mind and be like, you're 11, you're 13, you have no idea. Like, like they're so... You, I'm 47 years old. At 13, I didn't, I didn't even start anything. I cared about Pop-Tarts and Mountain Dew, baby. I think I was watching cartoons at 13 on the low. <laughs> I wasn't, what, like I wouldn't tell anybody. I'm not like one, some of y'all animaniacs. Listen. Come on, listen. So here's the, here's the thing. I'm playing, but I got I to gotta leave because you got to leave. Okay, here's the thing. You got so far to go. And God has got so much to do in your life. And just because you've been at church doesn't mean that you've tasted all the goodness that there is. God wants you spiritually free. God wants you broken from addiction. God wants you ministering. God wants you, come on, come on, God wants, so many things are still available for you. Forgiveness, reconciliation, patience, generosity. This is the opportunity for the church. Katie and I were so blessed. We saw the Jesus Revolution. And uh, man, I encourage you to go see it. It, it. it sparks something in me all over again. And I just want you to know for revival to hit the church in our nation, we are going to have to get over our backgrounds, biases, and preferences. We're going to have to be the light of the world. Revival doesn't happen just because God shows up. Revival happens because his people focus on him. Not pettiness, not bias, not busyness. And I'm asking you to begin to think of yourself as a missionary wherever you're at. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.